from his studios in New York. It's time for Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, where sports meets life. Here's your host, Dan Tortora. Welcome here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. Hope you're enjoying your morning here on Thursday, May 17th of the great year 2018. Having some fun and getting ready for that weekend, folks, whatever you may be doing. If you're making that five-hour trip, six-hour trip, ten-hour travel trip, or if you're sitting at home watching the tubes, whatever you're doing, I hope you're getting set for your weekend and getting excited about what is to come. And if you're taking a long trip, I hope the weather's nice and that you go in the right direction. <laughs> but but I, uh, I truly just appreciate you listening into the show this morning. And, and if you're taking that long trip, make sure you go to wakeupcalldt.com and go to the RSS feed, the iTunes store, or the downloadable app powered by Podbean, and make sure that you save those, download those, and keep those fresh. You can download over 960 broadcasts, which will give you all that you need to take that long trek and have something great to listen to. So thank you so much for everybody that has become a part of the show, downloaded the show, and for all that you have done with Dan Tortora Broadcast Media, including Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So, with that being said, let's hop into the morning menu. we got a lot to discuss this morning. Good morning to all, and to all, a good day. Here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, we like to start off the show by giving you our menu of topics. The morning menu, that is, live now with the morning menu is Dan Tortora. The morning menu for today, May 17th, 2018. We are more than proud to share with you that on today's broadcast, we're going to start things off with the NBA playoffs. Discuss with you what's going on here with the Houston Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. I had the opportunity to have Dave Paziak on the show yesterday. And Dave and I, Dave, who's been a longtime head coach and a longtime analyst of the sport of basketball here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora, he came back yesterday to discuss the Rockets and the Warriors. And if the Rockets and the Warriors somehow were able to get this series tied up when it headed to Golden State, just what that can mean for the team? Well, that actually happened. The Rockets and the Warriors are now tied one game apiece. So we're going to start off the show talking about that and discussing what this could mean as we move forward. And then from there, we are going to go into our one of our signature segments that we love every single week, and that is Coaching with Class. We just started that a couple weeks ago. Coaching with Class is starring Katie Kalinske, who was on Jim Boeheim's staff for the past seven seasons with the Syracuse Orange men's basketball team, who is aspiring to be a head men's or head women's basketball coach in her career as she moves forward, and she spends some time with us every Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, and I can't thank her enough for that. So 
With that being said, very happy to have her here on the broadcast in just a little while. She'll be on at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, just as she is every single Thursday broadcast in the morning, exclusively here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. So we're going to have some fun with that in just a little bit. And then after that, in the second hour of the show at 10 a.m. Eastern Time, you and I will be discussing the most notable current NFL free agents. Who's still out there? that I think should get a job, and who am I surprised to still be out there? So we'll discuss that in the second hour of the show, and we will wrap up the show with our final Through the Looking Glass. So we're going to be shifting some things in our weekly schedule. So this is the final week for Through the Looking Glass, so make sure that you take it all in, folks. Drink it in where it's at, because we're going to be changing things up as we move forward here So Through the Looking Glass is going to be on today at 10.50 a.m. Eastern Time, and you won't want to miss it, so make sure that you're tuning in at the end of today's show as well. So with that being said, let's hop into today's broadcast and start with those Rockets and the Golden State Warriors. Evening things out, the Houston Rockets were able to get a dub at home, and that makes the series 1-1, which means that Golden State can't go home and end this thing, which means Houston will have at least one more game at home. Houston has one more opportunity, bare minimum, at home. Because the first two were in Houston, and the way that the playoffs work, if you're unfamiliar with the NBA, is that the top team, the top rank, you know, the, the team that if we're going through like one through eight in the Eastern Conference or the Western Conference or whatnot, by record and whatnot, So the number one team was Houston, number two is Golden State, which means that Houston starts off at home for two games, then Golden State gets two, then Houston gets one, then Golden State gets one, then Houston gets the final game if it comes down to that. So Houston, because they won and it's one-to-one, the worst that can happen to them is that they go down three-to-one and they come back to Houston, so they will be able to come back home. What did Johnny say? Take that, Golden State, smack him in the mouth. Johnny, are you a Houston fan? Are you just sick of Golden State? Because I, I feel like there's a lot of people that are more. It's more so that they're sick of Golden State than they are a Houston Rockets fan. But yeah, you woke up this morning, and the series is tied one to one because the Houston Rockets took care of business at home. Took care of business at home and won 127-105 against the Golden State Warriors, a team that continues to outscore everybody. But you know what? I was talking about it. I said, I don't know if anybody can beat Golden State. I don't know if anybody can beat every time they kind of dictate the pace. And if, if, if you score, they score, and back and forth. But you know what? Houston's got some firepower. And P.J. Tucker went off after being pretty silent in the first game. He had 22 points in 36 minutes. Trevor Ariza, he had 19 points in 36 minutes. Then you have Chris Paul had 16 and 34. And James Harden had 27 points in 34 minutes. It's funny how James Harden scores 41. They don't win the game. But when he scores 27, it's more of a balanced attack. The team gets the victory, and they get the victory by 22 points. And how about this? Off the bench, the man they call Eric Gordon, nine years in the NBA, a guy that's been all over the place, from the Clippers to the New Orleans Pelicans, and most recently with the Houston Rockets, Eric Gordon going to work off the bench, getting 27 points to match James Harden to lead the team, coming off the bench for 33 minutes. And as Jim Beheim says, 
You know who my starters are by the minutes they play. So Eric Gordon technically came off the bench, but he played 33 minutes, which would technically make him a starter out there for the team. So just, you know, an, an awesome, awesome run by the Houston Rockets. I want to say, what did Johnny say here? Sick of Golden State. Yeah, that's what I thought, Johnny. I didn't think you were a Houston Rockets fan. Just You're just sick of, you're sick of Golden State's making it happen. Sick of them having the team that they got, pouring it on, coming after you every single year since they had Steph Curry for the most part. And they got handed a loss. I just saw a Latrell Sprewell picture where he had pigtails. And it made me stop for a minute and question everything about my life. And now I'm back. <laughs> so... <laughs> It really did, though. I'm not kidding. It threw me right off. I'm sitting here talking with you about Houston and Golden State, and and on the computer it was like, hey, Dan, look at this guy. And I'm like, oh, damn. Latrell Sprewell. Oh, man. Good old Latrell. That hairdo is enough to scare you. It's enough to terrify you. But the Warriors... Go back home, and and like I said, they're usually the team that's dictating the pace. And Johnny said, Golden State equals Patriots. We need change, is what he wants. See, I think, and that's the thing. I know Golden State is, they're that team, right? But so is LeBron James. Like, I think LeBron James is more Tom Brady than anybody at Golden State. It's, you know, people are sick and tired of Tom Brady. People are sick and tired of LeBron James. Some people, some people love LeBron James. I know that nobody loves LeBron more than Bron Bron. I know he loves himself. And you should all love yourselves. But every once in a while, you should probably thank your teammates. And I'm not saying he never does. I'm just saying he loses game one. And what does he say? Oh, you know, guys, I like to feel out game one. Man, just say the other team was better. They spanked you. They beat you by almost 30 points. I'm just trying to feel it out. Yeah, okay. Just trying to get a feel for this thing so I can come and attack the way I want to. Well, you got a feel for it. Then you got 42 points in a triple-double, and you still lost. So how, how'd you feel it out? You figured out a way to score, but <clears throat> what do leaders do? They make their teams better. That's the thing. That's what I don't... I'm telling you, folks... I don't like teams where it's one or two guys and a bunch of role players. I think it's super disrespectful to the... I don't like it. I think it's disrespectful to the team. I think it's disrespectful to the port, to the sport. I don't like it. At all, by any stretch of the imagination. I like teams that are well-equipped to do what they need to do. That have multiple Boston... Boston has multiple players. And I like that. I mean, we look at these series, right? And now the Warriors are a little bit of a different story. Like, Boston's got a bunch of guys, young guys. They come together. You never know who's going to be the guy that day. But they play so well. They make it so interesting, so much fun, and they, they kick butt, right? Boston, somehow, some way, has weathered through the storm of not having Gordon Hayward, not having Kyrie Irving, trading away Isaiah Thomas, and they're, and they're better, you know, maybe than they've ever played up to this point, right, in recent history. So that's the Boston story. Golden State, 
they have a ton of different players too, right? Golden State's got a bunch of a bunch of different players, but it leans on Kevin Durant and Steph Curry most of the time, but they have Klay Thompson and Andre Godala. Cleveland has LeBron James and Kevin Love. Hello and goodbye. And then Houston, they can spread it out. Houston can kind of, you know, morph into what they need to morph into. People focus on James Harden and Chris Paul, but P.J. Tucker had a big game. Trevor Ariza can make it happen. Eric Gordon can make it happen. So, you know, it's Houston's more of that team. Boston's more of that team. Golden State is more of that team. And then LeBron James and Kevin Love are playing by themselves. I mean, that's that's what it feels like, and that's what it looks like. What did Johnny say? I want to see a process. I want to see the process. Here's a question I've been pondering as of late in the offseason. Does Boston trade Kyrie back on Rozier's play for a high draft pick, possibly? You know what, Johnny? In my opinion, Terry Rozier's he's going to get phone calls. And I'm hoping... that they are not stupid enough to be like, yeah, okay, bye. Because Terry Rozier, you don't you don't want to trade away success, and teams do that all the time. They win the Super Bowl. I, I, I will never forget Desmond Howard when he played for Green Bay with Brett Favre, and he was the MVP in the Super Bowl. I think he returned two kicks for touchdowns, and the next year they let him go to Detroit. Now, I know that that makes Johnny really happy, but... How stupid. How stupid. Trent Dilfer gets you a Super Bowl and Baltimore goes, piss off, brother. So, Terry Rozier, I I mean, I really hope that Boston isn't like, yeah, you know what? You did a great job. We got Kyrie back. See you later. Like, I want to keep together the team that made it. The team that did it. That's that's who I want to keep together. That nucleus. Because, yeah, it's great. Like, Kyrie Irving is the name, but Terry Rozier is the output. Kyrie Irving is the name. He's not healthy. Terry Rozier, to me, he's the guy. Why? Because he's the one playing the game right now. He's the one out there right now. He was the one out. I mean, to me, it's you gotta, you have to keep your team together. You have to keep the workable parts together. Look at the Clippers. <clears throat> you know, hey, we might trade away Blake Griffin. Huh? We might let him go someday. Then they did, and they suck. Hey, we might let Chris Paul go for the right price. You know, we could let go of anybody, and now they suck. Chris Paul. Chris Paul's like, thank you. Thank you all very much. I appreciate it. Houston Rockets, no Dwight Howard, beautiful. James Harden, Chris Paul, P.J. Tucker, Trevor Ariza, Eric Gordon. And by the way, the Houston Rockets have some former Raptors on this team. They got some former Raptors on this team. Some guys that the Raptors just let go, just traded away, and then it's, no, it's fine. You you guys can have them. P.J. Tucker. P.J. had one season with the Raptors. And they were like, mm, not enough. <laughs> not good enough. Trevor Ariza, I think they were toying with that whole, does he go to Toronto? And he didn't. But when you look at it, and you look at 
what it could have been. If Trevor Ariza and P.J. Tucker were on the Raptors right now, that's 41 points in yesterday's game. Just to put it into perspective a little bit, it's 41 points. That the Raptors kind of needed against Bron Brown. And they didn't get it. So, you know, you, you want to... And in Toronto's a day, I mean, they, they just don't make good decisions. They just, they make absolutely horrific decisions a lot of the time lately. And let me get into something that Toronto did. Let me, let me step back from the playoffs for a second for something that Toronto did, because this is hysterical. On my Twitter feed yesterday, I saw a post and I said, you know what? Let me repost that. Because I found it really interesting. The Toronto Raptors reposted this quote, this post by the NBA. Which says. The three finalists for NBA Coach of the Year. Dwayne Casey. Quinn Snyder. And Brad Stevens. For Coach of the Year. They're all up for Coach of the Year. Every single one of them. And... The Raptors put up, congrats, coach. And I thought to myself, well, that's interesting. Since he was your coach and you fired him in a season that he's up for coach of the year. And then you're like, congrats, coach. We're so happy for you that you're up for coach of the year. Even though we fired your butt five minutes ago. I just find it hilarious that you would fire a coach that's up for coach of the year, number one. Number two, that you would publicly congratulate him for his opportunity to be coach of the year, which I don't think he's going to get. I think it's going to go to Brad Stevens. But nevertheless, hello? (laughs) It's like, really? Really? Congrats, coach. Happy that you're up for coach of the year. Sorry we fired you. Our bad. Mistakes. And like I said, when I pulled the people, the people responded and said, I'm not happy about this Dwayne Casey thing. I'm not happy he got fired, Dan. The overwhelming majority, 89% of you polled, said, we don't like this decision. Now, I did put up this question. Who would you hire as the new Raptors head coach if you made the decision? Mike Budenholzer, which he just accepted a job, but this was before that. Stan Van Gundy, Becky Hammond, or Jerry Stackhouse. The overwhelming majority of you, 60%, said Jerry Stackhouse, which I found interesting because Jerry Stackhouse came into the NBA for the Philadelphia 76ers the same year that Damon Stoudemire came in to the Toronto Raptors. So he was an adversary that's not an adversary anymore because people are like, hey, maybe he could be my head coach. What Johnny say back to this Desmond Howard thing? Desmond Howard returned to kickoff, returned for Detroit, and they were celebrating in the end zone. Someone slapped him, and they had, and his career was over due to neck issues. Johnny said Phil Jackson laughing my behind off. I would not take Phil Jackson. The 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 artist formerly known as Phil Jackson is who I call Phil Jackson, because Phil Jackson was was good. 
But what in the F happened when he went to the Knicks? Holy sweet mother. Became like an old, angry man. Like Clint Eastwood in like a movie now. <laughs> so, just super mad all the time. I don't know what happened to the artist formerly known as Phil Jackson. But, <laughs> Phil Jackson, no. Isaiah Thomas, hell no. Hell no. Remember when Isaiah Thomas... Isaiah Thomas, he's like... He he weasels his way into the front office. He becomes your coach. He's like Jerry Jones. He becomes your coach, your player personnel, your manager, your agent, your president, everything. And he screws it up. <clears throat> he doesn't help. He, he, like, he helps you a little. And then he's like, see what I did? And then he uses that to catapult him into a bigger deal. And then it doesn't work out. And it's just not fun for anybody. So, no. Becky Hammond, we're going to discuss that with Katie Kalinske coming up next on what her thoughts. She has a lot of thoughts on Becky Hammond. So she's going to dis- discuss those with us live here on the broadcast in Coaching with Class. And we're going to discuss the whole factor of women should have an equal opportunity, just as anybody should, to be a head coach in the NBA or anywhere. And then, comma, separate thing, I don't want anybody to hire Becky Hammond just because she's a woman and trying to do it for a lightning rod to get media attention. Johnny said Dennis Rodman. Johnny, I don't know what's happening, okay? Are you hanging out with Tyrone Biggums from Chappelle's show? Huh? <laughs> That's not anything. That's just powdered donut. Yeah! But <laughs> I was like, what? Johnny, you are on another level, bro. You're on another level. This man is like, he's going ham on the live feed. And FYI, folks, the live feed, if you become a member on MixLR.com backslash DT, you can chat with me during every single live show. Every one of them. Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time and any special engagement ones that we do, you can hang out with us and talk with us. Oh, my Lord. Johnny's saying Kim Jong-un now. These are the people... That he is putting up to be the coach of the Toronto Raptors. Phil Jackson, the artist formerly known as Phil Jackson, Kim Jong-un, and Dennis Rodman. I think if you hire Kim Jong-un, you automatically get Dennis Rodman. Because I think that they're a package deal. So you would get the assistant coach, Dennis Rodman, and Kim Jong-un. My question with Johnny is, where is he right now? Is he listening to the show in North Korea? Johnny, you know they're trying to end that war over there. Don't be starting trouble. We messing things up over here. Don't be, don't be doing it on this show. Kim Jong Un cancels, cancels ending the Korean War due to statements made on Wake Up Call Dance Yeah, don't do that. <laughs> don't do that. What did Orange Avenger say? It's, it's not John. It's Orange Avenger. John hanging with Kim Jong and Rod. No, but Johnny's hanging with I don't understand that statement. But yeah, apparently Kim Jong un and Dennis Rodman. That's that's what we got this morning. Other people have said Becky Hammond <laughs> as well as Jerry Stack. I like the Jerry Stackhouse thing. It intrigues me, the Jerry Stackhouse thing. Because just kind of makes you take a step back and go, hmm. You know, I mean, for me, it's it's different. And Jerry Stackhouse ended up winning it because the poll just ended. But 
it intrigues me because, like I said, I mean, I that's I mean, I was a little kid growing up, and Damon Stoudemire is my favorite player growing up. Uh, after when he came into the NBA, he was like my favorite player, and that was it. And I still love him. Before him was Reggie Miller, Gary Payton. And Jerry Stackhouse, he was. He was like the guy that got drafted with Damon. So it's like, to me, he was always the adversary, always the enemy. But it's just cool to see Raptors fans want Jerry Stackhouse more than anybody else. And second that came in in the polls was Becky Hammond. So we're going to discuss that and so much more when we bring on Katie Kalinske, coaching with class, in just a moment here on the broadcast. Stay tuned, folks. We're going to have an awesome conversation about Becky Hammond and the NBA in just a minute. Johnny, Stefan Marbury, really? Somebody get this guy a cold glass of water and some Jesus. We need some help today. We'll be back in a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. Carvel DeWitt, it's what happy tastes like. Do you know why? Because we make ice cream. Creamy, rich, flavorful ice cream. Not yogurt or ice milk like some of our competitors. Ice cream. Fresh, by hand, daily. For the calorie conscious, we have something new for you. Our new Carvelite. Same great flavor, creaminess, and texture of our regular ice cream with only 35 calories an ounce. So whether you want an ice cream cake, flying saucer, dasher, carvalanche, hard or soft ice cream, we will satisfy your craving with our fresh, handmade, regular, or new Carvelite ice cream. Carvel DeWitt. It's what happy tastes like. Clothing that will change with you without you having to change. DrysigLady.com, D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, Lady.com. With the bamboo line, relaxed fit clothing, as well as the athletic fit clothing, DrysigLady.com is fit for any woman, any time of the day, anywhere. Whatever you're doing, whatever your day commands of you, Command yourself to feel comfortable in Dreisig Lady Apparel. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Lady.com. For all the women out there, feel good in what you're wearing. And don't feel like you have to constantly change throughout the day. Whether you're a stay-at-home mom, a business owner, going for a jog, going for a meeting, or just relaxing at home, DrysigLady.com is the right fit for you. D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G, lady.com. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. Call our home office at 315-752-9513, or better yet, call or text me directly at 315-748-2524. Let me ask you a question, Lawrence. If I needed you to help me buy a house, find the right place, could you help me do that? Joe, I'll help you find your dream home. You don't ever say my name on the radio, never. If I needed to sell a house, could you help me go about that the right way? Yes, yes I can. How do they get a hold of you? Call me directly at 315-748-2524. But you also do the commercial property. So if I got a business, couple businesses, gotta take one here, move it over there, do this, do that. Are you going to help me buy and sell my commercial property also? Yes, sir. I like that. I like that. What's my name again? I have no idea. Absolutely. But they need to know your name, so give it one more time. This is Lawrence Papaleo, licensed real estate salesperson for Gilbo Realty. My phone number is 315-748-2524. Why don't you tell them your name one more time and that number so we can jot it down. This is Lawrence Papaleo. Call me or text me directly at 315-748-2524. 
Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT. It's an honor and a privilege to have on the show Katie Kalinske every single Thursday morning during Wake Up Call at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, right around that time period. And she is out in Seattle right now, Seattle, Washington, because Katie gets to live the high life and the good life. So she's just hanging out with Brianna Stewart, hanging out with Mike Hopkins, you know, doing all the stuff that people in central New York want to do on the other side of this country. But, you know, the funny story, and I don't know if Katie knows this, but when Seabiscuit when that horse was, you know, doing his thing and running like crazy, they had a article that went and an article that went out that said Seabiscuit running from Seattle to Syracuse. And so I find it interesting that he ran from Seattle to Syracuse and now Katie has done the same thing as well. She's out in Seattle right now, hanging out with Brianna Stewart, who, you know, with Cicero North Syracuse, we do a lot of work with them monthly. Uh, show at Chick-fil-A Cicero dedicated to the school every single month. We have a great remarkable athletes coming up this Tuesday, May 22nd at 6 p.m. Come out and see us at Chick-fil-A in Cicero. So Brianna Stewart, connection there. And then Mike Hop, my coach when I was 14 years old, one of the nicest people in the world, and one of those guys whose energy can make, I think, make Kim Jong-un smile. I really do. I think Mike Hopkins can make anybody smile. So with that being said, Katie's living the life. I made her wake up early because it's 6.30 over there, but now I don't feel bad because she's with Brianna Stewart and Coach Hop. How you doing this morning, Katie? Good morning. I'm great. <laughs> so, I mean, so tell me about how, how this little trip came about. How'd you, how'd you work out, you know, to, I mean, everybody in Central New York listening is going to live vicariously through you with two people that they care about. So how'd you make this trip happen? You know, I'm actually, so I'm job searching at the moment. So I don't, you know, I don't really have many obligations. So I figured, you know, before if I do get a job or if I get a job, I might as well take opportunity to travel a little bit. And, you know, I, I became friends with Bree, and I just told her, you know, I was like, I want to come out there. You know, we could train, do whatever. And she was a couple games while I'm out here, you know. And she, she said, of course, you know, come out here. And then, so, you know, I bought my flight. And then, you know, obviously Coach Hobb is, you know, his Washington school is 10 minutes from here. So I'm sure at some point I'll be able to I'll link up with him, too. So I just thought it was like great opportunity to see someone, you know, like Bree, who to me is one of the best players in the whole country, and then Coach Hop, who who was my mentor at Syracuse. So I just wanted to come here while I could. Special segment that we have every single Thursday morning at 9:30 a.m. Eastern Time, and that is coaching with class with Katie Kalinsky and. And having having that class and, and that dedication to be talking with us this morning three hours earlier as we travel back in time. And so, you know, Katie, like you said, you don't have many obligations right now. You're looking for job opportunities and whatnot. Uh, working with Brianna Stewart and, and how this can help a little bit. I know you got to work out with her and, and help her out when she came to Syracuse. And now you're off in Seattle. Just bring me into that relationship and, and how you got started working with Brianna, getting to know Brianna, and, and to where it is today? Yeah, we actually, um, it was all social media, you know. I, I reached out to her, you know, on social media and just introduced myself. And she, she knew who I was just from, you know, Syracuse men's basketball. You know, she was a big Syracuse men's basketball fan, obviously, being from Syracuse. Um, so I just reached out to her, and I told her, you know, like, anytime you're, you're in town and you want to work out, just let me know. 
so she actually took me up on the offer and that's how we ended up working out and then obviously through basketball you know you just you form friendships and she she's just one of the nicest people I've ever met obviously one of the most humble people um you're not gonna find a better person than Bree and you know I realized that through working her out and you know she just helped me along this process a lot of finding a job you know she's gone out of her way for me when she doesn't have to so, you know, it just says a lot about her and her character, you know, because she's one of the busiest people I know, obviously, playing in WNBA, playing overseas. You know, she has so many obligations while she's even in Seattle. So, you know, I kind of saw that firsthand yesterday, you know, how busy she was. So, um, you know, she, so just her being a great friend and, you know, kind of being there for me in a time period where I'm finding a job, is you know, meant the world to me. That coming from Katie Kalinske, and, and, and you, like you said, her going the extra mile to try and help you out and being a humble person. I mean, I, I've not I've not heard a bad word ever about Brianna Stewart. I, I've from, from her playing at CNS and being in the community to going to UConn to moving forward into the WNBA and being out in Seattle, things that she does when she comes back home. I, I have literally never heard anything other than oh we love Brianna we think she's great I mean that's that's what you hear from everybody I mean just what you can say about the firsthand being around her and her personality because she is that beloved individual not just in central New York but all over the country I I think at this point it would be safe to assume and and you know she just she seems to do what she needs to do on the court but I've never heard a bad word about her nor have I ever heard anybody say that she's cocky or thinks that she deserves anything. And I would venture to say that being confident instead of cocky and being humble is what got her to where she is today. But just what you could say about the experience of the day-to-day with somebody who just seems to be a hardworking individual that does what she needs to do without telling everybody how much she loves herself. Yeah, no, she, she's one of the hardest workers I've ever witnessed in my life. You know, just seeing her go to work every day. I got to watch her practice yesterday, and there's not one play she didn't take off. And I think that's what makes her so great is just she loves the game and she loves to win. And, you know, and she is humble and she works hard and she doesn't say much. So, you know, just witnessing that, um, just to see someone who's as good as she is and on the level she is, just to see how humble she is and all she does is work, you know, through her workouts and everything else. Um, so I just think it's really impressive to see. Um, I don't think she gets enough credit, you know, and obviously she'll never give herself credit, but she's, she's one of a kind. And going from there to, I, I got to mention this from somebody who, like I said, doesn't go out in the community and talk about how much they love themselves in a cocky way. The, the opposite of that is LeBron James. What do you think about what's going on in the series right now? I mean, since you and I have spoken, I mean, here we are, Boston is up two to nothing. They're going back to Cleveland and Boston doesn't have Gordon Hayward, doesn't have Kyrie Irving, traded away Isaiah Thomas. Uh, according to some people, they're not supposed to be here. And my theory that the best team in the, within the next two years, which I said last year, to take down Cleveland and go to the NBA Finals is the Boston Celtics. And I'm in my head thinking they're doing this with Gordon Hayward. They're doing it without him. What do you think about this series and where it's at right now? And, and if you think Cleveland can bounce back heading back to Ohio? Well, I think it's definitely a shock, you know, um, because the, the Cavs were playing so well the first. Well, you know, they did go to Game 7 in their first round. And, you know, there is a reason they're not the one seed. I think we forget that sometimes. And, you know, they did kind of turn up their team upside down halfway through the season. But I, he just isn't getting any help. 
he just it's a shock you know you know the one player who i thought really was gonna play well for them who's is rodney hood yeah you know he went from i think he was averaging either 16 or 19 points a game and now he's barely playing slash barely you know doing much you know and then you're paying jr smith all this money and he's he's not scoring any points yeah (laughs) you know and then you know thompson's thompson you know and then you know obviously kevin love and lebron are putting the team on their back but it's just no one else is doing anything you know and i didn't think larry nance was that good when he was with the you know lakers i wasn't a big fan of him and then jordan clarkson isn't even playing and he was supposed to be a huge piece when he came over there. So I don't know if it's a coaching issue. I don't know if, like, Clarkson and Nance are just going to expose being, you know, with the Cavs or, you know, I don't know what's going on with Ronnie Hood because these are, you know, Hood and at least Clarkson were playing good basketball before they came to the Cavs. Yeah, you know, I, I look at this Cleveland team and, and, and I liken it, and I, I made an analogy a couple days ago that if they were movies – the the Cleveland Cavaliers would be a movie starring Denzel Washington, and the ma- majority of the rest of the cast would be relative unknowns that have never been in the movies before. And the Boston Celtics would be Ocean's Eleven, where you know Don Cheadle and Matt Damon and Bernie Mac and so on and so forth. So that's how I feel about it. When you when you're watching Boston, you're watching a group. You're watching a team. When you're watching Cleveland, you're watching LeBron James and then maybe that Kevin Love guy every once in a while. I don't foresee Cleveland beating whoever comes out of the West. And right now with Boston, Boston is that Boston is the one thing Toronto's not. They're not afraid. Toronto is afraid of the big bad wolf. They're afraid of LeBron James. Please don't blow my house down where Boston doesn't care. But a lot of that has to do with Brad Stevens. And speaking of coaching and you aspiring to be a head coach, Brad Stevens and I discussed this before, too, and I want to get your take on it. Going into the series against the Cleveland Cavaliers, there was the conversation. Somebody said to me, they said, it's going to be Brad Stevens' game planning and coaching and how he schemes up against LeBron James. So you got LeBron on one end, and then you have Brad Stevens, and and what is he going to do, and how is he going to be intricate? And I was like, we don't talk about NBA coaches anymore like that. I mean, you might talk about Popovich, but, the, I mean, back in Pat Riley's, you know, back in his heyday, back in Phil Jackson's heyday, you're bringing that up and whatnot. But I don't hear much at all about the coach and the scheming and the this and the that. And I think one of the greatest things about Brad Stevens is he never forgot how to be a college coach in the NBA. What do you think about the Brad Stevens factor? Yeah, I think, you know, I've said this for a couple of years now. I think Stevens, you know, obviously people think he's probably the best, if not top three now, but I've said for a couple of years that he's definitely top three in the league in coaching, you know. You could just watch his offensive sets and, you know, how he, his demeanor and everything, and you know he's a great coach and how the guys respond, you know. And I think the best thing about him, and this is kind of like an unsung thing in basketball a little bit, especially when you get to the pros, is you think like, oh, they're making millions in the pros, and, you know, like, they don't need love like that. But I feel like he shows all his players love that he cares about them. You know, and that's going to bring your team together even more. You know, and it's not really talked about in the NBA. You know, that care factor. And, you know, he says it every day how much he loves his guys. And, you know, at the end of the day, you know, these players are humans and they need to hear that. Yeah. So I think, you know, once you know your coach cares about you, you're going to go an extra mile. And then, you know, his scheming and everything else is so great. You know, they just play together. 
And, you know, just the development of, like, Terry Rozier, I think this is unbelievable. You know, um, you can't you can't forget about – I feel like people forgot about Horford a little bit, and, you know, he's been playing great. And then I think the biggest development is Jalen Brown, too. I just – I can't believe how well he's playing. I didn't – I did not expect that from Brown in this series, that he was going to still come out playing the way he is, and he's shooting the ball well, and he's just playing confident. All of them are playing confident. Yeah, I mean, and this – what he's done, and I agree with you. I think Brad Stevens is one of the best. He was one of my favorite coaches collegiately, and – I love. I mean, when when I got to go down to NBA Summer League in Orlando, something that that I've had the blessing of doing every single year for the past four years in a row, and then I also went back in two thousand nine. I mean, Brad Stevens came down there because Boston was there a few years back, and and he came down as just kind of in the crowd. A lot of guys, you know, come out just to just to see. Jordan's been out. Bird comes out, and all these guys that are connected to the team or just want to watch it. You get guys like Roy Williams that'll come down because he wants to support support guys like Bryce Johnson and whatnot. So he was there. I mean, Brad Stevens was just in the corner. And people always ask me, do you get starstruck doing this job? And I was like, well, there's there's been over a thousand people on this show and on the entertainment show, Super Powered Pop. We've had, you know, we've had actors, we've had voice actors, we've had behind the scenes, in front of the scenes, writers, artists, whatever. And I was like, no, I said, you know, it's, 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 but with Brad Stevens walking toward him, my head was like, this is a guy that I want to know. And it's one of those things where you just, I respected him so much for what he did at Butler and for everything, all the barriers he broke down. And you can argue that the walls that he helped knock down at Butler have opened the doors to teams like Loyola Chicago and this and the other. And I know that they're not connected and they don't have the same coaches and whatnot, but there's something about showing other teams it can be done. There's something about having a group of people saying, we can't knock that wall down, and then you knock that wall down, and then they go, wow, we can all walk through this together. And I think Brad Stevens was a part of a big movement changing the the status quo of collegiate basketball, and now I think he's a part of that movement changing the status quo of what an NBA coach is because you know some of these coaches they look like puppets they look like the the team kind of dictates what they're going to do and then there's guys like Brad Stevens who I think you know they when when they t- when they speak to you you listen and when you lose your top dogs and you're still kicking butt that goes to the coach that goes to the staff that goes to something on that sideline is working and, you know, I, I love it because a lot of people that don't like the NBA love college basketball because they say, well, it's not a team sport and, you know, there's no coaching, there's no care, there's no play game planning and playmaking and whatnot. And now I can say to them, hey, you know what? If you don't like the NBA, just do me a favor and watch Boston tonight because I feel like Brad Stevens is once again changing the dynamic of something just like he did at Butler. Yeah, I agree, and they're just fun to watch. You know, whenever you see real, true team defense and true offense and, you know, everyone working together and even looking at their box score, everything's so even. You know, you have six people that are scoring double figures, and that just shows that they're not afraid to pass the ball and they're not afraid to play, you know, as a team. So that's definitely all coaching right there, you know, just getting guys to buy in. You know, sometimes it's not easy to have guys buy in. So, you know, Got everyone bought in. He's got everyone playing the way the way they should be, and you know I think it's going to be a fun rest of the series for sure. You know it'd be interesting to see you know how Cleveland responds at home. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that there's a lot to be said about 
Cleveland being at home and their comfort level at home. Speaking here, coaching with class signature segment you'll find exclusively on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora every Thursday at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time with Katie Kalinske, who is a trooper because she kept the time the same despite being three hours early off in Seattle. There is a giant topic that you wanted to discuss today and that I want to discuss today, and that is the coach that got the second most votes when I just put the poll out yesterday for the Toronto Raptors job. Jerry Stackhouse got the most, then Becky Hammond. I want to speak with you on the Becky Hammond factor because there's a lot of different angles that go into this. There's the don't hire her just because she's a woman. Don't try and Tim Tebow this thing and lightning rod and yada yada. But at the same time, don't not hire her because she's a woman. So bring me into the Becky Hammond factor. I know you're a big fan of, of how she goes about her business. So let's start there on why you like Becky Hammond and, and why you think she could be a good coach. Well, I think, you know, number one, she was such a great basketball player. You know, and we talk about basketball is basketball. On the women's or men's side, if you know the X's and O's, you, you know basketball. And she was a great WNBA player for a long time. And, you know, she played point guard, number two. So it's like she was a floor general of her team all those years. You know, and she and she knows the game. And a lot of people are saying, well, she never played NBA basketball. Well, there's a lot of coaches that didn't play NBA basketball. And, two, she played WNBA basketball, which – you know, in my mind, you know, that's basketball is basketball. So, you know, I think, you know, people discredit her a lot for what she's actually done. And, you know, Paul Gasol said it great. He's like, you know, Pop isn't just going to hire someone to hire someone. Like, Pop is trying to be the best. Pop's trying to win championships. So there's a reason, you know, he brought Becky in on his staff. You know, you don't do that just to bring somebody in. You know, you bring her in because she can do the job. And, you know, just seeing my timeline – you know, in the last month about people going against Becky or she's a fourth assistant, you know. And when people say that, it's like, what does the fourth assistant have anything to do with her coaching ability? You know, she just happens to be the fourth assistant or whatever because, you know, there might there were three people ahead of her when she got there or, you know, you know she hasn't been there as long. But just because you're the fourth assistant doesn't make you a less assistant than the one assistant. It just happens to be, you know, how it's set up right now. So I just think all those arguments are really silly. You know, the locker room argument is so silly because there's men coaching women. You know, I think it's just sad to see to me because even on the, you know, college game, there's only, if you look at across the whole country, over 300 teams, you might only see five to ten women total in any type of role from trainer to, you know, op. Um, you know, there's only one assistant coach now in the whole country that's female. So I just think, you know, I think people need to start getting more accepting of it because there's women out there that can coach. And you can't tell me that Becky Hammond, who coached the summer league, who works with pop, who is a general on the floor, you know, during games, can't coach men at the highest level because she's a female. So I think, you know, it's just it's something I'm passionate about because I just think it's crazy to me you know, to see the see people be so negative about it. Yeah, you know, and when we look at her history, you know, Becky Hammond, if we want to go back to it, she, first and foremost, she's from South Dakota. And when we look at her professional career, she played with the Liberty and the WNBA Finals is where the Liberty went three of her first four seasons. So 75% of the time in her first four years inside the WNBA, Becky Hammond helped the Liberty 
get to the WNBA Finals. She was also in the National Women's Basketball League, which was a smaller league, MVP award with the Colorado Chill Championships in 2005 and 2006. She's also played in Italy, Spain, and Russia, which makes her well-versed and I'm sure connected if she can network at all, which coaches know how to do. And Katie, I'm sure you can attest to this. But being overseas, you start to see the players that are over there, network a little bit, make connections. She did what she did in the WNBA and the NWBL, and then went forward from there and made history with the Spurs and then was invited to the NBA All-Star Game as the first woman coach to be on the coaching staff. So there's a reason why the barrier was broken down for Becky. And it's the person. It's not, okay, she's a woman. Okay, it's this. Okay, it's that. This is somebody who has, in her career, gone to different places and aided teams to victory, like she did with the Liberty, like she did in the NWBL, and then moving forward from there, working with Greg Popovich, who's a no-nonsense guy, who reminds you more of Jim Beheim, who's just kind of like, he's focused on the game, focused on what he needs to do. He's not hiring people to get publicity. The Spurs don't need publicity. The Spurs have been known to be one of the most quote-unquote boring teams in the NBA, and I said, I'll take boring every day and every today, tomorrow, and the next day if that means championships and going to the playoffs every year. I'll take boring. She goes on to that staff. The team continues to do what they need to do, and granted, Golden State's gotten better and Houston's gotten better, but she's a part of Greg Popovich's staff where she's learning from one of the best, and you can attest to that being a part of Jim Beheim's staff. And then she moves forward in the NBA All-Star Game in 2016. I mean, her history has shown that she has been able to enact positive change in the NBA, the WNBA, the NWBL overseas. She's very well-versed. And like I said, if she can network, she's been all over this country and out of this country that she can see the talent or call people to say, what do you got here? What do you got there? I think that this could be a viable option for a team out there. And and I really honestly, you know, black, white, brown, purple, polka dots, woman, man, it doesn't matter to me. What I care about is can you win games? Dwayne Casey got fired when he's up for coach of the year. Okay. So that makes you scratch your head a little bit, but we're in a position right now where teams want to win and they want to win right now. Why is Becky Hammond, in your opinion, why is she a good coach? Why would you consider hiring her if you were the GM today? You know, I th- well, I think the first and foremost is it's the people that have the problem with her being a, a woman or they have no idea behind the scenes. You know, like to me, the, the guys, they do not care if you're a man or a woman. As long as you can help them win and help them get better, they do not care. You know, so if, if the players don't care then why does everyone else care? Because at the end of the day, it's about the players and the players wanting to get better. And, you know, that's why I have a problem. It's like everyone else cares but the players. And the players are the ones that matter the most because she's going to be coaching them. So, you know, and I think she just stands respect when she's around. It's her demeanor, the way she carries herself, you know, and her knowledge. You know, you could tell, even uh, seeing her coach the summer league, you know, her knowledge of the game, you know, her, she just loves it so much. She loves being around it, you know, and she just deserves a fair shot as anyone else would in any job interview. You know, it shouldn't even be her, her gender shouldn't even be talked about in my opinion anymore. It should just be, you know, who's the best for the job and can she get it done? And I think she can get it done just by, you know, her track record, you know, learning from everyone calls him the best coach in the NBA, you know, for years. So she's going to learn from a true legend and, you know, she's proven it. And the guys you can tell on the sideline are always going to her for advice or what she saw. And, 
you know, she she she, she sees the game differently. And, you know, her detail, like Paul Gasol talked about in his uh, article, you know, from a simple bounce pass on a pick and roll, you know, not being fired too low, you know, she's picking up on stuff like that. So, you know, I think her attention to detail, you know, her willingness to learn, and, you know, she you can tell she just worked so hard to get where she's at. And, you know, to me it's sad that she has to work ten times harder than the next assistant to even be recognized. And, you know, I guess it's just a time we live in, but, you know, hopefully it'll change soon because I think she's as good an option as anybody. Speaking here with Katie Kalinske, who spent seven years on the staff under Coach Jim Beheim, we're speaking on Becky Hammond right now inside of Coaching with Class here on Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. You can attest to this. You can speak to this from firsthand perspective, Katie. Just on, like you said, players don't care as long as you're helping them and giving them good advice and helping them to win. They don't care who it comes who it comes from and man or woman. It shouldn't be a conversation. It's just you know, is this coach helping me or are they hurting me? Type of situation. Bring me into your work with Syracuse because I know that you're with these guys, and for the last seven years, you've been in the ear of, of the Dion Waiters, the Tyus Battles, the Tyler Ennises, the Tyler Lydens, you know, the Rakeem Christmases, the Jeremy Grants, Michael Carter Williams, so on and so forth. Bring me into your relationship and and how the players at Syracuse could care less as long as you were doing your job. Yeah, since the day I walked in, they did not care. You know, they they supported me and. You know, like like we talked about before, some of the players became my best friends just through, you know, my work ethic and being there for them. And I think that's the biggest thing is just, you know, showing that you care about them and putting the work with them. And, you know, by me doing that, the guys, you know, they were so nice to me the whole time that I was a female. You know, they didn't tell me I couldn't do this or that or, you know, like they, they approached me the same way they would approach anyone else. And that, that's what I mean when it says the players really don't care at all. <laughs> you know, it's everybody else. You know, the guys there. You know, they showed me every single day that I was that I was there. You know, they were respectful. You know, we never had one problem. And, you know, same with our coaches, you know. And I think it's just a culture thing. You know, the culture that Coach Beheim puts out there and, you know, being willing to, willing to hire me in, in the first place. And, you know, I feel like leadership kind of showed and, you know, the players. So, yeah, I think, like, our players, they're, they're great guys that kind of, you know, like the NBA guys, they just want to learn and get better. That's all they care about. They want to be in the gym and, you know, they want to reach their goal of winning a championship and then hopefully making it to the NBA. So, you know, all this other political stuff or, you know, female male, you know, it just doesn't matter in the grand scheme of everything because at the end of the day, these guys just want to get better and make their dreams. So, you know, I think that's just an extra thing that's talked about for no reason, you know, that she's a female or, or whatever it is, you know, and, it's just mind blowing to me that you know all these men that are even getting all these coaching jobs on the on the women's side right now. You know the arguments ever like, oh well, they can't coach women, and even though because they can't understand them, it's like no, they're getting all these jobs, they're coaching women, but then all of a sudden we bring up coaching men, it's it's a huge difference in this world, and it, I don't know, it's mind blowing. You know, maybe because I am a female, but it's it's just so mind blowing that. You know, all these men can coach women and have no issues, but the minute a woman wants to coach men, now it's all of a sudden, you know, she needs to be in the kitchen or, you know, she needs to stay in place. And hearing all this stuff is crazy, especially, like, in this time period, you know, 2018, we should not have this argument anymore. But it is an argument, so the fact that Becky is doing what she's doing is just remarkable, and I don't think she gets enough credit for that. And and, and I look at this, like, like you said, and I was just about to bring that up. That, you know, sometimes the conversation is, 
you know, the men coach the men, the girls coach the girls, the women coach the this, the men, co- and that's and 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 that's some mentality. The women need to stay with women's basketball. The men need to stay with men's basketball. I was like, okay, well, arguably the greatest coach to ever touch the floor in women's basketball is a man, Gino Ariema. So when we when we have this conversation, if we're going to have this conversation about Becky or about any woman in the NBA, then Gino doesn't belong with UConn, and nobody's going to oh, oh you can't touch Gino, Dan. What what do you mean? So that's, that's what, that's how I look at it is why hasn't this been a discussion before? And again, I'm not for giving somebody the job because of, you know, affirmative action or we need a woman or we got to meet a, you know, when a college or university says, well, we have to have, you know, 12% Hispanic and 13% this, I don't, that stuff to me, I don't want any of that. I want the best person for the job. You worked under Greg Popovich you know what he's about. He seems like a no-nonsense guy. You've worked with some of the best out there. You was you were at the All-Star game as a coach and you were and you got to be around these players, meet these players, talk with these players from all different walks of life all around the country. You've been to Spain, you've been to Italy, you've been to Russia, outside of Russia. Those are two places I want to go. So, but I mean, you've exp- she's experienced so much and done so much and seen women's basketball in the WNBA level and seen it in the NWBL level. So to know kind of the strife, and in the NWBL, like other leagues, fledgling leagues that are trying to get going and and whatnot, she can understand that. I can understand from a broadcaster's perspective how difficult it is for a woman to have a place. The The NBA was here and the ABA was here way, 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 way before the WNBA. And then it was, okay, well, we're going to have the WNBA and let's have a few teams and let's see if it works because it's a woman's sport. And I heard for years, nobody watches the WNBA, Dan. Nobody cares. Men don't watch it. It's never going to catch on. And I'm looking at this thing saying men have so many avenues, no matter what sport they want to play, rugby, freaking badminton, it doesn't matter, basketball, football. But in order to get the WNBA started, it was blood, sweat, and tears and banging against a steel wall numerous times until the wall finally fell down. So she's been there. She's been into other leagues. She's been overseas. I just look at it from the perspective of a broadcaster, hearing people say still to this day, like you said, Katie, in 2018, nobody watches the WNBA, Dan. Nobody cares. Ah, You know, it's cute that the women play, but we want to watch the men play. And yet there's people like Brianna Stewart and there's teams like UConn and people, well, well, I'll watch UConn. Oh, I'll watch Brianna. Oh, well, you know, Coach Q's doing pretty well now. I'll watch Coach Q. So it's like a little bit of this and a little bit of that. But why a man playing the same sport a woman a woman is playing is so different. And I will tell people this forever and a day. In college, as a broadcaster, when I created the show MU Courtside at Marywood University in Scranton, Pennsylvania, there was a women's basketball team and there's a men's basketball team. And I will say this, and everybody knows this, this is not a knock on the men's basketball team. The women's basketball team was more fun to watch, they won more games, and they had a shot at the playoffs more so than the men's team the entire four years that I was there. And every time I covered that game and I looked in the bleachers, there was 13 people in the stands, 27 people in the stands, then the men's game was right after, and there's 100 people in the stands, 150 people in the stands. And I always said to my comments, my my uh, my co-commentator, I said, Joe, I don't get it. The women's team is better. Their style of play is better. Their ability is better. They're closer in games. They have a chance to make the playoffs. And yet we're not we're not watching them because they're women and because 
we were told in America that it's men's basketball and then women's basketball, which I think is total BS. And I guess we start a bigger conversation, Katie, with why is the WNBA less? Why did the WNBA take so long? And why is it all about we have to sell this to the people? Why? I mean, how many good players are? What if Brianna Stewart had nowhere to go after this? I mean, that it doesn't make sense to me why the WNBA and avenues, even for women's soccer, for goodness sakes, it's so difficult if you want to play softball, soccer, as a professional because there's not avenues, because there's not revenue, because they don't believe they can sell it. And I don't get it because when it comes to a men's sport, indoor lacrosse, I promise you, there were people in Orlando watching men's indoor lacrosse. So I I just don't get it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's just a culture change. You know, I think it's coming. I think, you know, people are supporting a lot more and, you know, it's different, but I just don't like the argument. You know, I'm not going to tell you who to support or who, who to go watch play, but I just don't like the argument that a woman isn't as qualified as a man at a job. Um, that's the only thing. I can't I can't stand that argument. That's the only argument you're not going to get me with because it just doesn't make sense to me. You know, uh, like I said, we're in 2018. We're not in the 1800s anymore. You know, things just need to change because it's just, it's not fair. You know, it's not fair to Becky that she's not getting equal opportunity because, you know, she's a woman or, you know, people say she can't do something. And, you know, I think it is going to be a day within the next seven years where she does become a head coach. And, you know, people are going to have to be ready for it because it's coming. And, you know, once she gets her opportunity and, you know, she does a good job, you know, and at the end of the day, there's going to be a lot of pressure on her to do a good job because, you know, God forbid it doesn't work out, then, you know, it might never happen again. So, you know, hopefully the timing will be right for her to get that job because it is going to be huge. So hopefully, you know, it all it all goes the right way. That coming from Katie Kalinske, coaching with class inside a wake-up call with Dan Tortora. And, and before I let you go, speaking of the job vacancy, Toronto, and I said right before you came on, Katie, Toronto – congratulated, and this is something that, that's confusing on social media. They said, congrats, coach, on being one of the three finalists for coach of the year, even though they fired him just a few days ago. Dwayne Casey, every and, 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 and the poll that I put out there, 89% of the people that answered the poll on Twitter, thank you, at CallDT, they said, we disagree with it, either strongly or we disagree with it you know, in general, we do it either. We, we, we hate this thing or we almost hate this thing. 89% of the people not happy with the firing of Dwayne Casey. The only team that Toronto has not been able to beat in the last three years has been the Cleveland Cavaliers. What do you think about firing a coach that's up for coach of the year? You know, I, I I didn't agree with it because you know, at the end of the day, they were the first. They, you know, they won their conference and they were the one seed. And you know, they they played well all year. You know, and just to see him get fired like that was kind of mind blowing. But it kind of shows you, you know, the business it is. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, he has a family and everything. And you know, it, it's always sad to see someone losing their job. It doesn't matter who you are, you know. So just seeing that, it, it was mind blowing to me. But you know, if they felt like he wasn't the best person to lead their team, you know, who am I to say? But at the same time, it's like, you know, it's one thing if you don't want him coaching your team, but you better bring in some players then because you can't – like we talked about it on um, a couple shows ago. You know, you can't you can't expect two guys to do everything. You know, it's even shown in Cleveland right now. You know, Cleveland is showing that you have the best player in the whole entire world and it's still not, not good enough to win. So at least bring him a couple more players, you know, to score and whatnot or – 
you know, I think he was a good coach, and it's kind of mind blowing. And I'm sure he'll. I don't know. I don't. He hasn't gotten hired yet, right? No, no. Yeah, I, I think he'll find a job somewhere. You know, he just like you said, he's the coach of the year. For him not to find a job somewhere will be kind of crazy. So, you know, it's just cutthroat out there. You know, and it's sad, but hopefully, whoever they bring in, you know, you know, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. So they better bring a couple players in with that new coach. <laughs> Yeah, and there's a bunch of reports out this morning that that same thing that I threw my hands up with in confusion where it said that, you know, Raptors awkwardly congratulate Dwayne Casey. Do they know that they fired him? You know, that that type of thing because he's up for coach of the year. And and I said, ultimately, I think Brad Stevens is going to get it, but Dwayne Casey is is definitely, you know, (laughs) man. I mean, it's just a strange it's just a strange, strange situ- situation. But I will say this, going back to Becky Hammond really quick, Toronto has been known to do things outside of the norm. You know, Canada has been known to be a little more progressive than than the United States, doing things a little bit sooner. So dare I say that Becky could make some sense for Toronto, uh, a city and a country that doesn't really – look at, well, what's politically correct? Well, what have we done in the past? What is this? What is that? I think with a progressive city up in Toronto, she could get that phone call, and, and I would welcome that opportunity because I <laughs> being up in Canada and, and seeing Canada and the way that it is and being in different parts, especially being in Toronto, it, it just seems that they could care less. And so maybe that's the best place for Becky is a place where they're not looking at all of the media fallout or what do we have to do or spinning it this way or she's the first this and just saying hey this is our new coach Becky Hammond you could come meet her Thursday at five o'clock yeah and you know I think she's qualified for the job I think she'll do a great job and you never know players might want to actually come play for her um you know she might get a couple players to come there and you know the sad part is I bet you you know and I don't know if it'll be true or not she probably won't even get an interview and that, that's just the time period we're in. You know, I hope she gets an interview because I think she would kill an interview. But, you know, we'll see. You know, we'll see what happens. But, you know, maybe not this year. But I'm, I feel like within the next seven years, you know, she'll definitely be up for a head coaching job. So. And we got one quick question for you, Katie. Uh, three words to describe what it's like to work for Jim Beheim That came through. What is, what is your response to that? Three words. All right, I'm going to just say three different words. Incredible, amazing, educational. All right, fair enough. Incredible, amazing, educational to work for the man, Jim Beheim. Coming from the coach that we're going to be talking about, maybe being an NBA head coach someday, WNBA, something like that. Katie Kalinske right here making it happen seven years under Jim Beheim with the staff. And you know what? To kind of go off of your point, the the first assistant, second assistant, what does it matter? Alan, Alan Griffin, Adrian Autry, Jerry McNamara, I don't see anybody talking about who's first, second, third, who, you know, who's this, that, and the other. I just see three coaches that are doing their job. So when it's three men, we don't ask questions. But when Becky's on the staff, we got to know where she stands. So, you know, I just find that interesting. I've never heard about that before now. So, you know, and you could look at all three of our assistants at Syracuse and they're all going to be amazing coaches one day. So, you know, it's, it's so crazy, but that's the world we live in right now. So, 
Well, to Becky, hopefully getting an interview quicker than than people think, and and obviously to to your time hanging out with Mike Hopkins and and Brianna Stewart. Make sure you tell Mike I said what's up, and tell Brianna that she needs to be a part of this show. We need to get her on here because she is one of the greatest that ever have graced the floor. And thank God for the WNBA so that we could continue to watch her, even if it meant having to go three hours back in time for you on your side. So enjoy Seattle. I hope it doesn't rain, and I hope that uh, that you get something out of this trip. I know you will, but I hope that you know good things are coming your way. And wherever you end up being a head coach, assistant, whatever ends up happening for you, I know that we'll have the opportunity to have you here on the show. So keep doing what you're doing, Katie, and, and I hope that you enjoy Seattle today and however long you're going to be there. All right, I appreciate it, Dan. All right, take care. Tell Brianna I'm sorry if I woke her up. <laughs> All right. <laughs> take, take care. Bye. That coming from Katie Kalinske once again on the show with us this morning, hanging out with Brianna Stewart and also going to spend some time with Mike Hopkins while she is over in Seattle, Washington. And, you know, it, it is. It's, you know, people want to be, oh, it's a touchy conversation. It's a tough conversation to have. How can you have it? How about just having it, you know? Gino Ariema. Who's going to argue that Gino Ariema isn't one of the greatest, if not the greatest, women's basketball collegiate coach ever? Maybe the best women's basketball coach ever. Gino Ariema. And Gino's a man. And yet we never have the conversation. We we don't talk about, well, a woman can't coach Syracuse best. She couldn't, can't coach Duke. She can't go to North Carolina after Roy Williams. It's a girl. She can't do that. Why? Why can't she? I just want a coach that's going to command the best out of me as a human being, make me a better person, make me a better student, make me a better athlete, help me to gain some knowledge and wisdom that I could take with me for the rest of my life, be a parent to me, give me that love, that tough love sometimes where I need to be better to myself, better to my team, and I need to command more out of myself. If you can bring that to me, if you can be that type of coach to me, I don't care if you're a walrus, just teach me. And I find it hysterical that anybody that says a woman can't coach or has no business coaching men's basketball, then why is Gino Ariema in women's basketball? And who's going to fight me on Gino Ariema having to quit UConn? Nobody. Nobody. Pat Summit? Are you kidding me? In Tennessee? Freaking Coach Q down the street here in Central and Upstate New York. Coach Q, what he's done to Syracuse. Syracuse women's basketball was an afterthought to people. Nobody went to the games. Nobody cared about what was going on. Coach Q came in here, and he pushed to get better recruits. And he pushed to get the team into the NCAA tournament. And then farther in the NCAA tournament. Look at what he did. Sweet 16, Elite 8, Final 4, and Championship game never happened before in the history of Syracuse Orange women's basketball. They did all four of those things in one season. And on top of all of that, he just put out a tweet yesterday. And I'm going to shout you out, Q, because you know I have mad respect for you. Q put this out yesterday with a nice little picture. Let me get over to it here on social media so I can share this beautiful thing with you. He put out a message about his recruiting class this time around. Another top 10 class of 2018. Baylor's one, UConn's two, Texas, Tennessee, Maryland, Florida State, Notre Dame, Syracuse has the eighth best 
recruiting class coming in for 2018, according to the rankings, Syracuse has the eighth best of every single Division I women's basketball program. They are ranked eighth in their recruiting class. And Coach Q's a man, coach of women's basketball. So, I mean, you know what I mean? We're, we have good male coaches in the women's game. So how can how can we not have good women coaches in the man's game? How does that not happen? So I'm just saying, if you're going to have an argument, you better damn well be ready to have the argument. And whether it's Becky Hammond or somebody else, I don't care as long as you help me win. As long as you help me win the right way, I don't care. Morals, values, talent, let's go. That's it. Jim Beheim saw something in Katie Kalinske, and who's going to question Jim Beheim? You're going to question 42 years of a head coach? Really? Mike Hopkins is a head coach right now. Adrian Autry will be a head coach. Jerry McNamara will be a head coach. Alan Griffin, who just came back to Syracuse, he's pushing himself, and he will probably be a head coach somewhere as well. I know Syracuse fans haven't seen him as much, but I look at him like when Dayton had that vacancy, I'm almost like, well, you could make it easy for yourself and just elevate Alan Griffin. Each of these guys has an opportunity why can't Katie Kalinske have an opportunity? If Brianna Stewart wants to be a head coach someday, why would you stop her from being a head coach? Look at how many look at what she did at CNS. Then goes to UConn, wins four championships in four years. Hello? Talk about the New England Patriots. UConn. Brianna Stewart. It's all there. Just because something is a certain way doesn't mean... That's why I told you one of my biggest pet peeves, don't ever say this to me unless you don't want to be friends and don't want to hang out anymore. Don't ever say this to me. It is what it is. Don't ever say that to me. It is what it is. Because it is what it is, but it'll be what you make it. It will be, and that's what I have in my studio, right over my right shoulder. It is what it is, but it will become what you make of it. So, you tell me the coaches that are out there, and I'm going to interview everybody that I think is talented, and anybody that worked on Greg Popovich's staff, I don't care if it was the water person. I don't care if it was the person that cleaned off the basketballs after practice. If you worked for for Greg Popovich, I'm going to bring you in. Hell yeah, I'm going to bring you in. If you know Brad Stevens, I'm going to bring you in. I'm Brad Stevens' aunt, Dan. I've never played basketball. That's fine. Come on. Let's go. Let's talk. Did you teach Brad Stevens how to be a good coach? Maybe you should be my coach. I don't care. There are certain coaches that whoever is around and... Greg Popovich didn't say, well, Becky, you're a woman. I'm going to hire you. Greg Popovich said, I need somebody on my staff. You seem to fit the bill, so let's do this. And I'm proud of the fact that he did that, and I'll be proud of the team that gives her a chance because women not having equal opportunity as men is ridiculous, and if a man can coach a women's sport, 
then you can't say the other doesn't make any sense to you. With that being said, I appreciate the conversation with Katie Kalinske, and we'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call, Fast Break. This is Jimmer Sikowski, owner-operator of Chick-fil-A Cicero, 7916 Brewerton Road in Cicero, right in front of the Home Depot. I had a deep feeling that God wanted me to do something bigger with my life and to help people, help others. I kept putting Chick-fil-A in my life, and I realized as I was going through the franchise selection process that uh, positively impacting the lives of others was really core to what we do here at Chick-fil-A. First of all, it starts with the food. The food is brought in fresh daily, you know, we bring in local produce, we prepare to order in the kitchen, we hand bread our chicken, we hand spin our milkshakes. It's, it's great food. It doesn't taste like fast food. I, I think the second thing is, is the way people feel when they come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. It's different. We, we try to treat people with intentional kindness here, which is very different and deeper than good customer service. And so you know, I think it feels remarkable for most people to come in a Chick-fil-A restaurant. And then lastly, the impact that we try to have in the community is very different. It's a big part of the expectation of every operator of a Chick-fil-A restaurant is that they're actively engaged in their community, they're a leader in the community, and they're, they're making a difference. When they realize that what we're striving to do is to shine a little light in their life, that's a very, very different experience uh, than you will have in any other quick service restaurant. And it's that remarkable experience that I think people will emotionally connect with. Hi, this is Domenico Vitali, owner of Giovanni's Formalware, where you look great and feel even better with our renowned tailoring and alteration services on any suit or any tuxedo from anywhere. Call 315-455-8729. That's 315-455-8729. Stop in locally on Route 11 in North Syracuse next to the Ponderosa Plaza where you can choose your style, get fitted, and tailored, all at Giovanni's Formalware. I'm George Townsend of Honda City with some good advice when buying a new car. The true cost of owning a new car is determined by the appraised value when you trade it. No vehicle appraises higher than a Honda. Next, look for low APRs and deep discounts. You also want low maintenance costs and great fuel economy. That's why my advice to you is to buy a new Honda. Looking pre-owned, visit our Honda Certified Used Car Center. Honda City, 7140 Henry Clay Boulevard, Liverpool, or hondacity-cny.com. It would be a pity if you don't shop. For all of us that have always wanted our favorite restaurant to come to us, it's now a reality in Central New York with It's a Utica Thing. With Utica Pizza Company bringing their wonderful recipes that they've handed down through generations to you, to your event, to your business, to your home. It's a Utica Thing. Proudly bringing Utica Pizza Company on wheels to your location. Call 315-738-8946. That's 315-738-8946 to bring Utica Pizza Company to your doorstep with It's a Utica Thing. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on wakeupcalldt.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. Proud to have you here every Monday through Friday on the broadcast from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. 
And once again, I want to thank Katie Kalinske for being a part of the show and having a conversation that needed to be had. She said working with Bayheim was educational, amazing, incredible. Thought those were three great words. So thank you for asking the question. We appreciate it. You can ask questions and be a part of the show by joining us on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt and becoming a member in the live chat room. It's free to do and it's very easy. All you do is you go to mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt. You click follow and that'll prompt you to connect with the show. You do that and every time we go live, you get sent an email to listen to the show and you get the opportunity to chat with me in the live chat room and ask questions to the people that we have on the show. So thank you so much for being a part of the broadcast and being a part of what we do here with Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora. What is what are we getting now from Johnny? Have you heard from Kim? Oh my gosh. He wants Kim Jong un on the show so bad. It's crazy. We gotta <laughs> Johnny, you just I don't know what's going on, man. I don't know what's going on with you. I do want to make a note here that there's something going on. Speaking of controversy. There's something going on here in college football, and I have this convers. I just had this conversation with my buddy Evan. Shout out to Evan down in Orlando. He had a conversation. He said, "So, what do you think about this UCF thing? About them claiming a championship, claiming a national title?" And Nick Saban said, "Self-proclaimed is not the same as actually earning it." Really, bro? Really, bro? Self-proclaimed is not the same as actually earning it. So when Alabama self-proclaims a championship, they earned it. But when Central Florida claims a championship, they didn't They didn't really earn it. Okay, I see what you're saying. See, this is the thing. When you talk about this stuff, again, know your research. Alabama claiming that they're national champions and Central Florida claiming that they're national champions is exactly the same damn thing because it's the same damn thing. It's like me saying I like grapes and Bob saying I like grapes and me going, well, Bob, you can't say you like grapes. You didn't earn it. We're both saying the same damn thing. In the world we live in today, the words that come out of people's mouths, that it drives you insane. If you, are a if you are a rational, logical human being in America, your head spins almost daily because someone will say something to you that means clearly what it says, and then they're like, no, mm -mm. like what Nick Saban said, self-proclaiming is not the same as earning. Are you kidding me? Well, we earned a national championship. We didn't self-proclaim that we had it. Yes, you did. The NCAA didn't give it to you. You self-proclaimed it. You told the world that you believed that you were champions. That's what UCF just did. So do I think that it's, that it's right to just tell everybody, hey, I won a national championship. No. But you know what UCF's case is? They're not Alabama. They don't have the committee in their back pocket. They don't have everybody loving up on them. They're just little old UCF, little old pigment, little, little, little old, you know, they're, they're, they're piglet, okay? They're in Winnie the Pooh. They're little old piglet in the corner. Well, I love piglet. Yeah, a lot of people do, but they don't treat him the best. He's not on the front. That's Winnie the Pooh. 
It's so easy for Nick Saban and Alabama to sit on their high horse and say, you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do this and you can't, because they have the God complex. We belong here. I'm not saying everybody, but the mentality of Alabama is different than UCF. UCF is saying to you, we're proclaiming ourselves national champions because you wouldn't let us play in the Final Four because you don't think that the American Athletic deserves it. You call it a Power 5 and not a Power 6 when the Big 12 is a pillow fight league. How The Big 12? The Big 12. Really, bro? The Big 12. Who plays defense in the Big 12? Who? Tell me when. I'd love to watch the game. Who plays defense? Freaking basketball games. Well, we only won 71 to 62. What? In football or basketball? Syracuse has a game like that once in in, in in recent recognizable history here. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, there's no defense. That's the knock on players like Baker Mayfield is what happens when they actually play against defense. So you're going to tell me the Big 12 little pillow fight, <laughs> you're stupid, <laughs> you're stupid, that that league is better than the American Athletic Conference. Who plays defense and plays offense. UCF stated something that we're talking about with Katie Kalinske enacting change and saying why keep a woman out because it's a woman. How about in college football enacting change? How about college football being real about how they actually feel? If you're not in the SEC, the ACC, the Big 12, the Big 10, or the Pac-12, you ain't getting in. How about calling a spade a spade and being real about what it is? If you're UCF, it doesn't matter how well you play, what you do, because you will never be regarded as the same, because you will never be respected, because you're not in the SEC. And even if you were in the SEC, light bulb, homie, you ain't Alabama. If I'm Alabama and I win every game, lose a game, lose two games. If if I'm Alabama and I go undefeated in the regular season, lose one game or lose two games, there's a damn good chance I'm going to be in the top four. Must be nice to be Alabama because I don't see Alabama losing three, four, five games in a season. So if I'm Alabama, I'm always going to be vying for the national championship. Must be nice. It's easy to sit on a high horse and talk about everybody below you, under the mountain, in the valley. Because Alabama's touched with kid gloves. Where UCF has a phenomenal season where they dealt with a friggin' hurricane and played 11 straight weeks to end out their season, won their conference championship, and then beat the hell out of Auburn. And you gotta talk to me about UCF didn't deserve to be there. Auburn, I love, Auburn didn't want to play the game. Well, then Auburn should have kept their behind at home. Well, you know, UCF only beat Auburn because Auburn didn't think UCF was that good. Do you think there would be any excuses if UCF lost? Do you think anybody would say, well, they were tired? Well, they they don't know if their coach is going to stay. Well, they had a hangnail. They had a booger in their nose that they just couldn't get out. They broke up with their girlfriend. Nobody's saying that about Central Florida. That's why this conversation is such a deep conversation. That's why there's so much weight to this conversation. It's not as black and white of, can you claim yourself a national champion or not? Because newsflash to the world, UCF is not the only team to have done it. Alabama did it multiple times. But in Nick Saban's warped and twisted mind, he thinks he deserves to be a national. Oh, we won the national championships because we earned it. Because we're Alabama. 
But UCF doesn't deserve it. You can't self-proclaim unless you deserve it. Well, who the hell judges if you deserve it? Nick Saban, it must be nice to be Jesus Christ, God, and the Holy Spirit. It must be friggin' nice for you, bro. And don't get it twisted. I respect his work. I respect what he's done. I do. But damn it, he needs to shut his mouth sometimes. Because Alabama's got to be this and Alabama's got to be that and Alabama... What about other teams? What about anybody else? Show me why UCF didn't earn a spot in the Final Four. Ohio State made it there a couple years ago. They got their butt beat down. Washington made it. You know, it must be nice to be Alabama and play Mercer. It must be nice to be Alabama and play Washington. There wasn't even a game. That was so boring. Alabama plays Washington. Clemson plays Ohio State. They beat the hell out of those two teams. Then they get to play each other. And then that was a good game. So that was fun. I want to see UCF. Are you afraid, Nick Saban? Are you afraid? Are you afraid that maybe UCF would have beat you? Oh, Dan, that's blasphemy. I'm sorry, Jesus. I didn't know that you were God. And it's not blasphemy. It's reality. If you think they're so bad and they can't play you, then play them. Okay? Because Auburn got a get-out-of-jail-free card from some no-minds that call themselves media professionals who should probably be being the people that are in the factories piecing out the cereal and making sure that each box has enough marshmallows as opposed to being a broadcaster. To look into a camera and say, well, Auburn lost the game because they really didn't want to play. And if you watch them on the sidelines, you could see that they really just didn't want to be there that day. And that's why they lost to UCF is because they kind of just mailed it in because they were like, why are we here? And we're really frustrated that we didn't make the final four. So they lost the game because they just didn't care about the game. It must be nice to live in a world where you're an idiot all the time. I'm not saying that proclaiming yourself a national champion is the right thing to do. What I am saying is that Alabama's got to answer to multiple. UCF has to answer to one. And on top of all of that, how are you going to say that a team lost a game because they didn't care? They lost a game because they didn't want to play. Really, bro? Have you ever been on a football field? No, probably not. Because if you've been on a football field or you've been on a basketball court, you've been on a tennis, whatever it may be, if you've been in the world of sports and you think for a half a millisecond that those people don't want to win every single game, you're nuts. You're nuts. I wanted to win every to, to this day. If you say, hey, man, I want to play one-on-one, I want to beat you. Or why the hell am I playing? I want to beat you. I want to win this game. I don't want to lose this game. My friend James, we had lunch yesterday, growing up as kids. Every single time we played each other one-on-one, I wanted to beat him. My best friend growing up, I wanted to beat him every single time we played. He wanted to beat me. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We didn't go out there for chopsticks and fun times. We wanted to beat each other. We wanted to win. So... If you think that Auburn lost to UCF because they didn't want to win, because they didn't want to play, 
There's a level. There's a there's a seat. There's a seating area reserved for idiots. You got to sit below that seats. That seat area. If you think that Auburn lost that game because they didn't want to play, because they just were so mad that they didn't make it. Oh, so they didn't want to play. Oh, that's such a stupid thing to say. But that's what people say when they have nothing else to say. God forbid somebody says we were wrong about UCF. They actually were a good team. They actually did win a lot of games. They actually did go undefeated. The thing that UCF is saying is, who went undefeated this year? We did. Bring me all the undefeated teams and let me play them. Oh, you won't. Because I don't deserve to be in the college football playoff. If the college football playoff is reserved for the Power Five and nobody else, then how is it any different than BCS? How is it any different than the BCS? How is it any different than when Boise State got screwed over? How is it any different than any other time in college football? If you want to know who the best is, then let the teams play each other. Let them do it. Well, Dan, you can't let UCF in. They don't play against talented teams. Really? Real, okay, you know what? Let's go down the line. Because when people challenge with stupidity, I love the response. And I'm happy to give it. Because I cover the American Athletic Conference inside and out. So to the people that think that, oh, yeah, you cover the American... <laughs> yeah, okay. Well, guess what? The American Athletic Conference, you better recognize. Okay? You better start to look and think before you open your mouth and know nothing. South Florida... Sending people to the NFL, right? Quentin Flowers and what he did at South Florida and putting them on the map. Amazing. The Temple Owl. Look at the you look at these teams and what these teams have done. The Temple Owls head coach is from the SEC. Hello. So if it's all about the SEC and only about the SEC, well, look at the coaches there. Mike Norvell and what he's done with Memphis, taking down UCLA. Josh Ro- Josh Rosen. Oh my god, the prodigal son, top fifteen pick. Navy, best triple option in the country. SMU has come out of the basement. You know, they they because that's what people always want to say. The American Athletic Conference doesn't play any talent within their conference. Are you kidding me? Are you joking me? They don't play any talent within their conference? Okay. I'm going to do something really fun here. And I'm going to tell you the talent that they don't play. And obviously I'm being facetious here because they do play top talent in their conference. And I'm going to tell you the top talent that they play in their conference. So let's, let's, let's ride, let's ride upon this wave, shall we? And I'll let you know the talent that they actually have inside of their conference because they set a record, a record this year in the 2018 NFL draft. For the second consecutive season, the American Athletic Conference sent 18 players into the NFL draft. It surpassed the 15 players, or pardon me, for the sec- they had a they had a double digit back to back. They sent 15 players to the NFL draft in 2017. In 2018, they sent 18 players to the NFL draft. Mike Hughes was drafted in the first round cornerback out of UCF, and he was drafted to the Vikings. 
in the second round, 40th overall, Cortland Sutton was a steal for the Broncos coming out of SMU. In the third round, Anthony Miller out of Memphis went to the Bears. Deidrean Sanat from USF went to the Atlanta Falcons defensive tackle. Also in the third round, Traquan Smith, wide receiver out of UCF, went to the Saints. And his teammate, Jordan Atkins, went to the Houston Texans tight end out of UCF. In the fifth round, Shaquem Griffin, who's playing with one hand, mind you, linebacker out of UCF, met, is going back to play with his brother in Seattle, his twin brother. Fifth round, Gennard Avery, linebacker out of Memphis, went to the Cleveland Browns. Marquez Valdez-Scantling, wide receiver out of USF, went to the Green Bay Packers in the fifth round. In the sixth round, Perry Nickerson, cornerback out of Tulane, went to the Jets. Fellow Runcell Fatukasi, defensive lineman out of UConn, went to the New York Jets. That Jacob Martin, in the sixth round, outside linebacker for Temple, went to the Seahawks. Aid Aranya went from, went from Tulane to the Minnesota Vikings defensive ends out of Tulane, as I said. In the seventh round, Matthew Adams, inside linebacker from Houston, went to the Colts. Julian Taylor, defensive tackle out of Temple, went to the Niners. Justin Lawler, defensive end out of SMU, went to the Rams. Corey Cunningham, offensive tackle out of Cincinnati, went to Arizona for the Cardinals. And Mr. Irrelevant, maybe more so than any other year or any year to date that you can remember, Mr. Irrelevant, may become very relevant. Trey Quinn, wide receiver out of SMU, went to the Washington Redskins. 18 players. They don't have any talent, though. They got no talent. That's UCF, SMU, Memphis, USF, Tulane, UConn, Temple, Houston. And that's the thing about Tulane. What was Tulane's record? I'll tell you. Tulane was 3-5 and five in the conference. 5-7 and seven overall. Missed being bowl eligible by one game. And they send players to the NFL all the friggin' time. So don't talk to me about talent. And they were in the top six in the conferences. Power six. You send almost 20 players to the NFL in the draft, and you're going to sit here and tell me, nope, they don't deserve to be anywhere. Okay. All right. The American Athletic Conference has a lot of talent. And all the American Athletic Conference said was, Let UCF play. If they suck so bad, let them play. And they couldn't. They couldn't let them play. So now you got to hear Nick Saban say his thing, and Scott Frost, who's now the head coach in Nebraska, is firing back. He said, quote, I think I'm on the record enough with that kind of stuff. But Alabama's probably got one or two championships that they claim that weren't necessarily recognized by everybody, end quote. Nick Saban said, I guess anybody has the prerogative to claim anything, but self-proclaimed is not the same as actually earning it, and there's probably a significant number of people who don't respect people who make self-proclaimed sort of accolades for themselves, which I find hilarious. Because Nick Saban is saying there's probably a significant number of people who don't respect people who make self-proclamations when Alabama made self-proclamations. So I guess they don't respect you, brother. I guess the people that you're naming that you're firing at Scott Frost are actually firing at you or both of you. But again, when you're Nick Saban, you can say whatever the hell you want to say because you're the GOAT, right? 
So you could just speak your mind, right? But damn it if Scott Frost speaks his mind, and damn it if UCF speaks their mind. I'm not for people saying, I want a championship, but I am for UCF firing a shot over the bow saying, uh, if you think we suck, then let us play you. If you think we're bad, then let us play you. If you don't think we belong, then let us play you because we went 13-0 this year. What did the rest of the country do? Does anybody else have an O? I don't think so. I don't think so. Alabama, 13-1. Georgia, 13-2. Oklahoma, 12-2. Clemson, 12-2. Ohio State, 12-2. Wisconsin, 13-1. Penn State, 11-2. TCU, 11-3. Auburn, 10-4. Notre Dame, 10-3. USC, 11-3. Miami, 10-3. Oklahoma State, 10-3. Shall I go on? I don't think I have to. So I am not for self-proclamations and self, self I am not for the self-proclamation that you won a national championship if you didn't win the national championship. But I understand why UCF did it, and the college football playoff needs to get with it. If you think that the American Athletic Conference is not good enough, let them play. Because what did the NCAA do with the tournament for basketball? Gonzaga kept push, pushing, punching, 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 punching. They were the ninth seed. You finally let them in. They're the ninth seed. They're the eighth seed. They're the eighth seed. They're the fifth seed. Then you make them the one seed. How'd they respond to you? Sometimes they won. Sometimes, but you set them up. All right, Gonzaga, you could be the one seed. Arizona's going to be the eighth seed. You got to play them in the second round. And what did Gonzaga do within the last two years? You gave them a one seed. They went to the national championship. And if those refs would have let those teams play and bang bodies a little bit, we could have been talking about Gonzaga being national champions right now. And I'm not trying to say that to be like, oh, it's because I'm because I'm arguing Gonzaga. I'm telling you the truth. If they actually let them play some basketball instead of calling 37 fouls in four minutes, it would have been more of a game. Because Gonzaga is going to play you in the trenches. I mean, for goodness sakes, PK, Karnowski's a big dude. He's like a lumberjack. He fouls everybody. When he go, He's like the guy that when you eat dinner with him, he's knocking over your soup while you're trying to drink it, and he's not sitting next to you. You're across the table. That's how big PK is. Love him. I got to interview him at NBA Summer League last year. Amazing. I got to tell him props for what he did at Gonzaga. That team could have won a national championship if they'd have let him play some damn basketball. But they went up against North Carolina folks in the national championship game. When the NCAA said, okay, you know what, Gonzaga? We'll make you a number one seed. Then prove us right. What did they do? They proved your butt wrong. What did Buffalo do? What did Hawaii do? Northern Iowa. George Mason. Hello. (laughs) Rhode Island. Times are changing. When they say, okay, we're... And that's that's what the college football playoff committee did to UCF. They said, if you think you're big and bad and you deserve to make the top four, then you can come and play Auburn and show us what you got. You come play Auburn right now in the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl, and if you can beat Auburn, then we're wrong because they didn't think it was going to happen. And what happened? They beat the hell out of Auburn. Not in overtime, not a little bit. They beat Auburn. They beat them outright. They took them down. They said, bye-bye, have a nice day. Who's next? Oh, there's nobody next because you won't let us play in the college football playoff. That's what the college football playoff committee did. They did that. They put UCF against Auburn 
because they wanted to say, if you're that good, then show me. And they showed you. They showed you. And guess what, SEC? Guess what, home of Nick Saban? If the American Athletic isn't good and there's no talent and the coaches aren't good and nobody's got talent and nobody can get it done and nobody's worthy of the Nick Saban table, then why did Chad Morris get hired to go coach at Arkansas after being at SMU? How come Matt Rule is at Baylor after being at Temple? Huh, that's interesting. That you have the Big 12 and the SEC hiring these coaches? And that the Big 12 was looking at trying to poach universities? Isn't that an interesting little case? And how every single year a Power 5 conference tries to steal away one of the coaches from the American Athletic. Wow, but the American Athletic sucks. And there's nobody that should... There's no one... There's They shouldn't be recognized. They shouldn't be playing in the big-time games. But we'll take all their coaches... You got to choose one or the other. Either they suck or they're good enough to take their coaches. Either they're terrible and what did the committee do and it backfired in their face. We're going to give you Auburn and now we're going to put you in your place. And what did they do to the committee? UCF went middle fingers up in the air. We'll take on Auburn and they beat them down. And now what? What you going to do now? What's your response? I am not for team's self-proclaiming championships. But I am for UCF doing something huge to tell college football that they are in Nick Saban's pocket and that they don't look too far over the trees of the SEC. So congrats to you for that. And if the American Athletic is so bad, let them prove how bad they are by letting them play in the college football playoff. You tried to smack them with Auburn, and that backfired. You tried to smack, smack Blake Bortles and UCF in the Fiesta Bowl with Baylor, and that was an embarrassment for Baylor. So, I'm sorry, all the tests that you've sent to the American Athletic, they've passed. And yet, you're not giving them an A on their paper. Can't keep failing somebody who keeps passing your class. Food for thought. We'll take a step aside here. We'll be back in just a moment. This is a wake-up call. Fast break. Gear up with the real deal at Drysig Apparel. Creating what people are going to see and learn about you before they even meet you. Gear up for what you need for your team, business, or event. So look professional, look good, and feel good. Outfit yourself at DrysigApparel.com. That's D-R-E-I-S-S-I-G Apparel.com. The only place to gear up with the real deal. What's the universal language of a fan? Clapping your hands. With Fan Hands, the ultimate sports fan accessory, find your team color, slip them on, and start cheering on your favorite team with 11 different colors always in stock on FanHands.com, where you'll find the ultimate sports fan accessory. Real fans wear Fan Hands. Utica Pizza Company spells family. Your family. My family. 
their family. The recipes that they have shared with each other throughout the years and have now been so gracious to share them with us. I can sit here and talk with you about all the great things that are on the menu. We'd be here forever. So let me say this. Utica Pizza Company is second to none. And now you can bring it home with you and you can dine in in the restaurant. UticaPizzaCompany.com will give you all the information that you need. And let me say, these Utica Greens, they're the best. Utica Pizza Company. Call them and place your order at 315-214-3060. That's 315-214-3060. Families break bread at Utica Pizza Company. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash WakeUpCallDT here on the broadcast. So we're going to talk about the NFL today, and I just saw red for the last hour because I am. I'm sick and tired of it. I mean, I just, I can't, I can't. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely positively Ridiculous that Nick Saban can say, well, there's a bunch of people that don't respect people who self-proclaim championships. Well, I guess they don't respect you, brother. And like I said, it's very easy to be Alabama who could do no wrong with the committee. It's very hard to be UCF. And you know what? There's a part of me, not a part of me, but I do believe that you know, yeah, okay, it makes it makes sense for for Scott Frost to go back to Nebraska because that's where he went to school. But you know what also makes sense is that he realized he was never going to be able to play for a national championship at UCF, so he left. So the committee and college football in general could have taken Scott Frost away from UCF. That should never be the case. Well, I can't coach in this conference if I ever want to win a championship. That should never be the statement. If you're a coach, you want to win a national championship. If you want to do anything less than that, you shouldn't be coaching. On the field, you should want to win a national championship. Obviously, number one, first and foremost, is enriching the lives of those young men and helping these people to be good citizens in society, good fathers, good coaches, good players, good professionals, good sons, good husbands, and win games. You should never be a coach going, well, I'd love to stay with this team, but I don't think I'm going to be able to stay with this team because we're never going to play in a championship. And that's the sick part of it. Other news in football, we're going to have to save the NFL free agent conversation for another day, but will you watch the Cleveland Browns in Hard Knocks? It was announced this morning that the Cleveland Browns will be featured in Hard Knocks, which is the HBO special. And now that... Papa has HBO, speaking of me, I have the opportunity to watch Hard Knocks. And I will tell you this, I've never really ever had a desire, except for maybe once or twice, to watch Hard Knocks. And I will tell you with utter certainty, I will I will be watching Hard Knocks the entire episode, season, whatever it is. Is it eight episodes or something? I will be watching Hard Knocks this year. Why? Because it's the Cleveland Browns. And for whatever reason, they always intrigue me. They always intrigue me. So, congratulations to HBO. You got me to watch Hard Knocks, someone who has never watched a full season since its institution. I will be watching Hard Knocks. I was at Jets training camp when Hard Knocks was filming them, and I still didn't watch Hard Knocks, but I will watch it with the Cleveland Browns. I asked you, will you watch the Cleveland Browns and Hard Knocks? 
early on in the polls here, 78% of you say yes, 22% of you say no. I want you to vote, so go to Twitter and make sure to follow me, at CallDT. And whenever I say that, it's weird, because I want you to follow God. I want you to like and, and support what I do, but it's weird to be like, follow me. But that's how Twitter words it, so and that's how it makes sense to the people. But follow God, be a part of my Twitter life, at CallDT, C-A-L-L-D-T, and make sure you vote in our polls. We put up polls pretty much every week. I put up another one. How many games do you believe the made-over Browns will win in the 2018-19 season? Very early on in the polls here, too. 0% of you said they will win no games. 33% of you believe that they will win five or more games, or five or less games, pardon me. 67% of you think they will, they will win six or more, and none of you think that they will win ten or more. So you don't see them as a playoff team. You also don't see them as a win-less team. And when the polls just continue to increase, 75% of you say six or more. So you believe that they have the opportunity of being a middle-of-the-pack team in the AFC North with the potential of knocking on the door of the playoffs. That's what you're voting right now. Make sure you get on Twitter and click follow on CallDT, C-A-L-L-D-T. Follow me on Twitter. How many games do you believe the Madeover Browns will win this upcoming season with Baker Mayfield and Carlos Hyde and Tyrod Taylor and Jarvis Landry and so on and so forth. None of you say that they will go winless. 25% of you said they will win five games or less. 75% of you said that they will win six or more, and none of you said 10 or more. But we are extremely early. I just put the poll up about like three minutes ago. So make sure that you vote in that poll today. Johnny says they're going to win eight games. Johnny, you need to get on Twitter and vote. Thank you for your services, my sir, and make sure that you get on there and vote. So Johnny says eight games for the Browns, which would put them at 500 at 8-8. Eight and eight. The Browns at 500, that's like Syracuse at 5. If Syracuse gets to 500, people will be doing dances in the streets. They will be doing the Irish jig in the streets of Syracuse. I will tell you that. We need to take a deeper look at a trending topic, and we kind of did with the hard knocks, and like I said, we're going to be changing around the schedule here with Wake Up Call with Dan Satora, moving some segments around and, and, and doing some really cool, nice, and awesome things that will ultimately bring about an even better show for you every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time, and with that being said, and the excitement that I have for this, this is our final Through the Looking Glass and for now, the way that we have everything set up. So I would like to bring to you this through the looking glass, taking a deeper look at a trending topic. And we kind of did that with hard knocks, but I got another one on the brain. And that is that the NBA combine is going to be happening. It's not, and it's, it's not in this moment in the top 10 and trending, but this will be something that Syracuse fans will be sure to watch. And that is the NBA Draft Combine, which is taking place in Chicago. And I want to give you the info on it, okay? So you can watch the 2018 NBA Draft Combine that will feature Tyus Battle from Syracuse. Now, people that want to lose their minds and freak out and jump off of cliffs, please don't do that. Tyus Battle has not officially said he's going to the NBA. But because of new rules, and one of the only rules I agree with in the NBA when it comes to collegiate players, is that if you are a college basketball player 
and you want to test the waters of the NBA without hiring an agent, you can apply for the NBA draft. And then you have until I think June 10th to take your name out, but you can apply up uh, all the way through to the early part of June without hiring an agent and be in a pool of players that can be selected to go to the NBA draft combine. And when you go to the NBA draft combine, then you have an opportunity to meet with NBA draft executives and work out in front of the teams across the country. And there's 30 different franchises. So Tyus Battle, like many people who have who don't hire agents, just want to see what's said to them. And if he likes what he hears, he'll hire an agent and go. If he doesn't like what he hears, he'll come back to Syracuse. Or he could like what he hears and think he can be better and still come back. 69 players have been invited to the Combine. Elkins from Arizona, Grayson Allen, who I've covered from Duke, Costas Atentacupo from Dayton, Udoka Azabuke from Kansas, Marvin Bagley III, who I interviewed from Duke, Mo Bamba from Texas, Jalen Barford from Arkansas, Keita Bates-Yup from Ohio State, Tyus Battle, who's been on the show numerous times, from Syracuse, Bruin, uh, Bruin Bowen the second from South Carolina, Mikhail Bridges from Villanova, Miles Bridges from Michigan State, Bruce Brown from Miami, Troy Brown from Oregon, and Bruce Brown, I believe I interviewed him as well, Jalen Brunson from Villanova, Tony Carr from Penn State, Javon Carter from West Virginia, Wendell Carter, who I interviewed from Duke, Hamadou Diallo from Kentucky, Dante DiVincenzo from Villanova, Trayvon Duval from Duval from Duke, Jacob Evans from Cincinnati, Bruno Fernando from Maryland, Melvin Frazier Jr. from Tulane. Once again, Tulane making it happen in the NBA and the NFL for those of you that think that the American Athletic has nothing to offer. Shai Gilgis Alexander from Kentucky, Devontae Graham from Kansas, Devin Hall, who I've interviewed numerous times from Virginia, Jalen Hands from UCLA, Kevin Hervey from Texas Arlington, Aaron Holiday from UCLA, Kevin Herter from Maryland, Chandler Hutchinson from Boise State, Jaron Jackson Jr., who was on the show here on Wake Up Call from Michigan State, Justin Jackson from Maryland, Elise Johnson from Missouri State, George King from Colorado, Kevin Knox from Kentucky, Sagaba Kanats from West Virginia, Cody Martin and Kayla Martin, the brothers from Nevada, Yante Mayton from Georgia, Brandon McCoy from UNLV, DeAnthony Melton from USC, Chimizi Metu from USC, Shake Milton from SMU, Slatoslav Mikaluk. This is not an easy name to say, folks. I apologize. Kansas. Malik Newman from Kansas. Josh Akogi from Georgia Tech, who has been on the show. Jonte Porter from Missouri. Michael Porter Jr. from Missouri. Billy Preston from Kansas. Jerome Robinson, who I interviewed numerous times from Boston College. Mitchell Robinson from Western Kentucky. Colin Sexton from Alabama. Landry Shamit from Wichita State. Anthony Simmons from IMG Academy, Zaire Smith from Texas Tech, Omari Spellman from Villanova, Kyrie Thomas from Creighton, Gary Trent Jr. from Duke, who I interviewed as well, Alonzo Trier from Arizona, Jared Vanderbilt from Kentucky, Moritz Wagner from Michigan, Lonnie Walker from Miami, who I believe I interviewed, might have interviewed Lonnie, uh, P.J. Washington from Kentucky, I'm not 100% sure, Austin Wiley from Auburn, Chris Wilkes from UCLA, Kenrich Williams from TCU, who I did interview, and Trey Young from Oklahoma.
69 players invited to this year's NBA Combine. If you'd like to watch it, it is on ESPN2 and the Watch ESPN app on Thursday, today, May 17th from 3 to 7 p.m. and Friday, May 18th from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm going to be watching for Tyus Battle and all those other guys that I interviewed as well as because I cover all things sports. So, of course, I'll be watching to see what I see from the other NBA draft potential talent. And I think you should be watching as well. A deeper look at a trending topic. Make sure that you are watching what's happening inside of the NBA Draft Combine coming up today from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time and tomorrow from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, May 17th and 18th. Don't miss a moment of it, including Tyus Battle from Syracuse. We'll take our final step aside and get you ready for tomorrow in just a moment. This is a wake-up call fast break. Hi, this is Kira from Looking Glass Events, where we're always giving you a reason to celebrate. Whether you have a small business, large business, personal event, or a wedding, we are available to plan and coordinate your dream event to life. Every detail, every step, Looking Glass Events is working with you all the way. Call us at 315-702-4653. That's 315-702-4653. Or contact us through our website, lgweddingsandevents.com. Looking Glass Events giving you a reason to celebrate. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is located on 3680 Milton Avenue in the Home Depot Plaza. It is your family-friendly sports bar and restaurant. Folks, some sports bars aren't family-friendly. Some family-friendly restaurants are not sports bars. The Wildcat Sports Pub in Camillus, New York, is proud to be both. It is that marriage that you've been looking for for years. The Wildcat Sports Pub is your home base for your sports bar and restaurant needs, games for the kids, indoor and outdoor activities, and enough things on the menu to come back every single week and get to try something new. They're open Sundays from noon to 8 p.m., Monday through Wednesday, 11 a.m. to 11 p.m., and Thursday through Saturday from 11 a.m. to midnight. For reservations and party information, call 315 315- 487-2222 for the Wildcat family-friendly sports pub and restaurant. Welcome back here to Wake Up Call with Dan Tortora on WakeUpCallDT.com, your one-stop sports shop, and on MixLR.com backslash DT, happy to have you here every Monday through Friday from 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Eastern Time. Thank you so much for being a part of the show. And want to get you ready for tomorrow, TGIF, baby. 9 a.m. as we always do on Fridays. You'll have the annoying moment of the week, proudly presented by Carvel DeWitt. 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time, you'll hear from someone special in significant sound bites coming up at 9.30 a.m. Eastern Time on Friday, significant sound bites. And from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and maybe a little bit over, we're going to do our live video and audio straight from the studios of Wake Up Call with Dan Tratora with John Newman of Newman Sports Cards, which has been doing phenomenally on Facebook Live. So I want to thank John for that. We're going to start airing all those on YouTube as well. But the videos that we have done on Facebook Live connecting sports cards and the hobby of collecting sports cards, trading them, selling them, and buying them. We have connected that to the sports world, obviously, and uh, and we have been able to connect with you by doing that. So I always wanted to do a sports card show, 
and it's a little mini show inside of my show, and you can hear us on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, 10 to 11 a.m. Eastern time, and maybe a little bit over on mixlr.com backslash wakeupcalldt, and you can watch us on Facebook Live. So make sure that you are watching and listening to us. That's your Friday show coming up for May 18th. In the meantime, head over to superpoweredpop.com, our brother show, and check out all those entertainment, amazing interviews and stories. And please know that we are going to see Deadpool tonight, and we'll have plenty to say about it this week. God bless you all. Have a phenomenal day on Facebook at Wake Up Call DT, on Twitter at Call DT, on Instagram at Wake Up Call underscore DT. And make sure that you go to wakeupcalldt.com to get the Podbean to the to get the podcast on Podbean, the archive there, as well as on iTunes and the RSS feed. You can get over 960 shows at your fingertips just by downloading any single one of those, and I'd appreciate you doing so. God bless you, and thank you to all of your wonderful, good hearts, strong minds, and positive nature. Keep being a good person, and know that you're never alone. Have a great day, and I'll talk with you Friday morning.